We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown Friday. Happy Friday, January 26th. Myself, Andrew Spade, we welcome you in to talk more about Cleveland Browns coaches and really just the NFL's coaches in general. And I know you guys love it. You love the updates. We're here to give them to you. I welcome in Andrew. What's up, man? How's the ice cream treating you? It's good. I, we were talking about this a little bit pre-show. I uh, I don't buy... No, he's ben. eating it right now. There's actually a spoon <laughs> in his right hand. So he's uh, yeah. yeah I, I like to I like to give myself a little treat when I do the podcast. Mm. Um, I, I the they have the Ben and Jerry's non dairy stuff at. Uh, I don't go to Walmart that often, but I sometimes need to stock up on some things, and so I was I was down at the Walmart uh, tonight and got the. Uh, they they make some really good non dairy stuff, and so I'm I'm okay with dairy sometimes. Other times I'm not. So uh, it was kind of a treat. So it's the chocolate brownie. You know, one of one of the best that they make. I so the non dairy helps the belly. Yeah, they make it with yeah. almond milk. It's a little bit uh, gentle, but still quite a delicious treat. All right, noted. We're in the midst of right now. I like to relate to the kids that run our household. Our, our, our soon to be six year old is um, in the midst of a huge phase. Like we're going on months now of eating dinner. In the midst of eating dinner, once ice cream. The agreement is you eat the food on your plate. You can have ice cream but I'm full. My belly's telling me I don't want anymore. Right. I said, well, hold on now. Let's think about this. Yeah. If you're full, how's yeah, you, the ice cream going to You got them dead to rest. And he thinks he he's in the phase. I'm sure people with kids in this range, he knows everything. He has somehow in his, his 5.9 years of life conquered all knowledge known to man. No, daddy, I can fit it. I got another part of my belly that the ice cream can go that's not full. I said, all right. You got me on that one. I didn't know we were doing compartmentalization of, of bellies here. So that's how it works um, for me, Jake. That's how it works. Apparently I learned something in my, uh, in my advanced age that a six year old, five year old, I should probably keep saying five until he's actually six. Cause it's kind of depressing. So I'll hang on to saying he's five, but yeah, knows everything. And I don't know how he lives with that. It's a burden, but he lives with it. Wakes up every day and goes out and conquers the world in kindergarten. He stays so. humble though, which is the really impressive thing. We have some good content on the rise here. We have a huge party coming at the Jump Park here in Columbus. That's very exciting. 
it's uh, a place he's been too many times. He's got 10 of his friends coming. I think he might combust. Like, I think he might, having that many friends of his mm-hmm. at a birthday party might make his head explode from like, oh my God, my he's a very social kid. So like, you know, like walking into school, he can't walk in unless he walks in with a friend. That's we drop him off and I want horrible. him to walk in, but he's always waiting on a friend. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. here we are. This we got to see. I'll I just, can't, uh, can't, can't check, wait for that. Check my email for that invite or. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Well, you know. Got a few it, different it accounts. Be, I'll just double check my spam. Maybe spam. Maybe went to spam. Might have gone to spam. Yeah. Well, it's kids only, so it's hard. I mean, oh, unless you want to stand see. there and I like see. just like watch them jump, I'll which would a be piece, a great I'll trip. I'll eat a piece up. of pizza. You can do pizza. We I do have that. That comes pizza. with it. It's not a bad deal, actually. It's only like you get ten ten jumpers and pizza and drinks. They clean up for you. It's, it's one of the better deals. We looked into like Chuck E. Cheese and some of those others, like Dave and Buster's. Not great. A little little pricey. So. I think we landed the right one. You guys out there, out there in the podcast where we'll hear the result of this party, which could go really well or, um, you know, extremely poorly. It's always a wide range on these kid birthdays. Like this is his first like true birthday party with his friends. So yeah. we're excited about that. It sounds Very great. Excited. Can't wait. Anyway, talking football, the Browns have had some people come in and out of the, uh, uh, you know, in and out of Bria or they're going to be arriving soon. So the first one from the last time we recorded was that they're bringing in the Eagles' former offensive coordinator, who it felt to me like, Andrew, Brian Johnson kind of was a sacrificial firing for Nick Sirianni's failures as an offensive-minded coach. So Brian Johnson comes in. Mm -hmm. I do wonder, there's this honest NFL account who seems very connected to the Eagles, and he seems to think, I think it's literally at underscore like honest NFL or something like, does a ton of scheme stuff, great follow. Mm -hmm. He seems to think that Sirianni was completely stringing the hands together on this, and that Johnson had no chance. On top of the Hurts injury, mm-hmm. there was just not a very good route to him finding success. He couldn't do a lot of the things he wanted to do. So take that for what it's worth. I mean, we also have to sort of be able to go through a couple things, Andrew, which is like we like Shane Steichen. Can we be that against somebody like just a year removed from working with him every day? Mm-hmm. So that's the thing I'm trying to kind of weigh. I'm open-minded to this, even though the Eagles and the, in the Colts for a large part here are not like motion savants. And I would like a team to be a little bit more adept at motion, but like, I do think the, the frame of mind of what those offenses offer uh, is something that could be of interest. And Johnson has quarterback coaching experience and that could still, it. it could still be, yeah, walk us through a little bit of his experience. And then, and then it's hard to remember as we talk through these, that these guys could be there for a quarterback coach interview too, right? Yeah. So Brian Johnson is should be a familiar name if you're a football college football fan because he was he was the quarterback that ran Urban Meyer's offense to its one of its greatest expressions in Utah uh, back in the day, and then the, the one year Utah stopped, right? Well, or did for, he go two years? Did Urban go two at Utah? I think he was there for more than two, wasn't he? I thought it was quick because it was like it was one year they did pretty well. And then the next year with Alex Smith, they just set the world on fire. Just two, and then and then he jumped, jumped over to uh, Florida. Yeah. I, you know, and actually I have that. I have those dates wrong. So it was, he was. Yeah, you're right. It was two years. Oh, three and oh, four. So Brian Johnson was in the Whittingham era. And that's what that's my. Uh, well, his first two years were with with Urban and then his second two years were with Whittingham. So as a okay. sophomore at Utah, he went uh, for two hundred two thousand eight hundred ninety two yards with. 18 touchdowns and then he had a better senior year in 08 um so yeah yeah uh a, a good career uh at utah and then he became their quarterbacks coach at 22 years old 
That's amazing. That's a lot of trust. Insane. Yeah. Then he became the offensive coordinator uh, just before turning 25. You don't uh, see that. Yeah. Period. I mean, <laughs> that is at the highest levels of the profession before most guys have even, or some people have even finished college, right? Yeah. So then, yeah. They're playing. There are guys playing at that age. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so then he jumps to Mississippi State and is the quarterback's coach for Dan Mullen. Uh, and then, uh, bounced back to Houston, was the offensive coordinator there, and then ended up in Florida, was the quarterback's coach for Dan Mullen again there, and then uh, prior to 2020 was the offensive coordinator for 2020, uh, the first African-American offensive coordinator in Florida's history, which is bananas. Yeah. And then uh, made the jump to the NFL uh, just two years ago, right? So so spent 21 as the quarterback's coach in uh, – in or 21 and 22, I should say, in, in Philadelphia's quarterbacks coach. And then 23 was his lone season as offensive coordinator for the Eagles. Uh, I, I was not familiar with his career. For some reason, I, I thought that he was a more seasoned NFL uh, coach, but he really has only been in the NFL for these three years. So uh, a, a shocking rise at several stops and uh, definitely a player with a, or a coach, I should say, with a, with a ton of scheme experience right Dan Mullen going back to Kyle Whittingham even back to Urban Meyer and then obviously now like you mentioned Shane Steichen and then and then what the what the Eagles have become since then I like it I think it's an interesting name it's obviously a smart advanced name that you're talking about two the thing I like are people that have run um their own structures before it takes a different element to be an offensive coordinator and call plays it does it takes a different level of preparation knowledge leadership to do that and like having some guys like like reese and and brian johnson here who have done that obviously johnson at the nfl level i'm into that i would be fine with that hire if they made that hire would you be upset bothered happy where would you be on that kind of move it's it goes back to what i've said a few times now of just trusting them that they have a reason for wanting him to be involved and there's things that they think that he's going to bring uh, I think it's one where you would be surprised if Stefanski gave up the play calling piece, right? So it fits more sure. with what you've been saying, where that seems unlikely. Uh, but by the same token, maybe he feels comfortable. I don't know. I, I it's hard to know when you get a one year stint uh, at a at an NFL stop, and that year is marred by a lot of like what you were saying about the head coach, maybe kind of wanting things run the way that he wanted them, and maybe not trusting you as much as. He ought to have, uh, plus a quarterback injury and the other things that we know the Eagles were dealing with. It's hard to really fully judge that. I don't feel like I have a good picture of who Brian Johnson is as a coach at all. Uh, whereas there are other, mm-hmm. we, 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 we've talked about some of the other bigger name offensive coordinators who have done it in the league for a while. You have a feel for what their offense is like. I really do not know what a Brian Johnson offense would be like in Cleveland. I think the one thing I would say is just from a, deductive reasoning standpoint you have to imagine that he would be able to relate to a quarterback but the players in general in a way that other you know like an Alex Van Pelt isn't going to I mean the NFL that Alex Van Pelt played in that was 25 years ago right whereas uh I mean Brian Johnson doesn't have much NFL experience but he's 36 years old right so he he very much is of this generation of played a spread offense in college right he's he is familiar with the way these guys think about offensive football a little bit more. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go game time? They have flash deals, last minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view, which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money. Right, It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats, like I said, before you buy them. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds, and they're sent directly to your phone. All right, So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that GameTime app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets. Create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account. Redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com. It is GameTime.co. But I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon, using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It would be an absolute home-run quarterback coach hire. Um, but I would Absolutely. also be I'd also be fine with it as an offensive coordinator because I think he comes from enough pedigrees that I think there's something to pull from. Mm-hmm. The other one's Kellen Moore. So we have Kellen Moore largely because since the last time we talked yesterday, or a little earlier in the day, they decided to uh, take the coin flip that we talked about, which is Jim Harbaugh, and uh, turn him into the head coach of the Chargers. A lot of if you if you pay attention between the lines, I think Jim got a lot of what he was looking for. A lot of control, a lot of autonomy on what's going on there. And uh, from that decision, it seems as though Jim is going to be making his own staff, obviously. But there was a quick decision to let guys interview around the league. So Kellen Moore interviews in uh, Philly uh, today when we're recording this. It was earlier Thursday, and he will be in Berea Friday as well. 
this would be the largest name connected to the Browns. Obviously, mm-hmm. we know we don't have to track all of Kellen Moore's history back. I just will never forget <laughs> Kellen Moore, the Boise State quarterback, who was just absolutely he was fun. He could not he was not lasering the football over but boy, like as far as playing on time and putting the football where it needed to be. I had so much fun watching that guy play at Boise. But if you want to talk about a little of his uh, early coaching pedigree, obviously we all know him from the Dallas situation and yeah. Dallas wanting to move on from him largely because if you t- listen to McCarthy, they wanted to play a more conservative brand of or a slower tempo mm-hmm. brand of ball um, and ultimately landed him in, in L.A. But L.A. you know broke down a little bit, injuries and all of that. And uh, obviously by the end of the year, Herbert was done too. So we'll talk about that. But go ahead if you want to track him a little bit. Yeah, I realized that with Brian Johnson, I went all the way back to the beginning, but I think that was just because I didn't really fully understand his meteoric rise, and so I think it's helpful to, to lay I th- out. I think also think with Brian Johnson, there's like a I remember that name exactly. No, there was yeah, it was a, then, it was a trip yeah. down memory lane for sure. Whereas nobody's ever forgotten about Kellen Moore, right? Because yeah. I mean, he really he was in the league for a, for a, a while. He was in the NFL from 2012 to 2017 as a player with the Cowboys uh, for the last three years and then became their quarterback's coach. Uh, and so... Another mental savant from everyone yeah, you talked to. exactly. Right. right. So, he, so he started under Jason Garrett, became the offensive coordinator. Garrett gets fired. Mike McCarthy retains him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they went back and forth, but Moore continues to call plays. And then eventually it, you know, became clear that Mike McCarthy kind of wanted to run the show himself, as you mentioned. And so this past year, it seemed like a win-win, Right. Moore gets a chance to work with one of the better quarterbacks in the league and, and Justin Herbert. Mike McCarthy gets to run his own show. Everybody's happy. And things in Los Angeles just did not go the way that I think many people were expecting them to. It so- seemed like a match made in heaven, a guy that likes a vertical passing game, a guy that seems to put his quarterbacks in really advantageous spots. Yeah. Seems like it should have worked out in LA, but I, you know, I think, they were top 10 in DVA from, uh, DVOA yeah. for most of the year on offense. So, it's not that like they were lose, bad. Yeah, you lose Mike Williams. Keenan Allen's in and out hurt. They mm-hmm. haven't had Quentin Johnson never came to be in his rookie. I think if he's there a couple more years, they ultimately turn the corner, in my opinion. But, like, yeah. there's no – I mean, his Cowboys teams were, like, number one in yards, six in points in 19, and then in mm-hmm. 21, they're number one in both of those categories. Again, they, he can call offense. I have no doubt that he can call offense, right? I, no, I agree. I was Where I was headed was that I think the Chargers roster is not as good as it has no. been portrayed to be. I think a lot of those pieces are aging, injury-prone, overpaid, those sorts of things. And so I think it, it sets them up to be a team that the expectations are higher than they should be because people – know a lot of the names but the players maybe aren't living up to those names anymore so and an interesting thing for him to become available a year ago was a was a head coaching candidate uh was was seen in the mix as an up-and-coming coach in the league obviously he's taking a step back here if the browns were to hire somebody like kellen moore it feels like for sure he would want to call plays beyond that it feels like this is the type of hire where we've talked about hypothetically in a year or two, he's moving on to take a head coaching job somewhere because like you said, his track record is really strong. He doesn't run bad offenses. So yeah, this is kind of catching lightning in a bottle for the Browns, right? He's a string of good seasons as an OC away from being a guy that could take a job. I think he's always been a leadership type. Like whenever you talked about Kellen Moore, the player, you're like, that guy's going to coach someday. Mm -hmm. He's going to be really good at it. Right. So 
kind of like I think in a de- decade's worth of time, we're going to be talking about Anthony Walker the same way we probably talk about D'Amico Ryans for being yes. completely transparent. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm into Kellen Moore. I think his decision is probably tilted toward a place he can call plays, though. That probably leans toward Philly, in my um, uneducated opinion. I would lean that direction. The Browns, it's not to say he wouldn't give it up. They might have a great interview on Friday and just hit Mm -hmm. it off. And it's like, all right, man, let's do this thing. But uh, if I'm outside looking in, I would, I would think a guy who's called plays in multiple stops and has other suitors who will be after him, you know, will, will probably be in the mix for calling plays somewhere. So if the Browns are hiring Kellen Moore, the picture changes for me. It changes to somebody else calling plays. Agreed. Yeah. I kind of see it a little bit differently in so far as, I tweeted about this today. I think the Browns have kind of, ha- it feels to me, have had this search in neutral a little bit for the past week. Mm-hmm. And you start to ask, well, why would that be? I think there's two options, right? One is one of the coaches that's still coaching in the playoffs is somebody mm-hmm. that they have their eye on. You can look at those you know, coaching staffs and come to your own conclusions about who that would be. The other option is they know that one of these guys that's on these staffs that doesn't have a head coach, they're being held back until the new head coach comes in, then becomes available. Kellen Moore fits that bill. And I think the fact that his request went out as quickly as it did and that the two teams interested right now are the Eagles and the Browns, to me, tells a specific story about how those organizations see him Mm -hmm. and the esteem in which he is held in those buildings. And I think the Browns, I think this is the guy for the Browns. That's my hunch. All right. I would love it. I think it would make a lot of sense. I think he could do some good things with Deshaun Watson. Um, and, I, and I think Brian Johnson would too. I'm actually encouraged by where they're at with all of this. They're, they, they've been very, the two hires so far were unexpected. Yeah. They've been very outside the traditional mold here. And, um, you know, I feel like you and I, Andrew, were talking about this long before anyone else was. So I, I think it's a long time coming and I hope it no, comes to I fruition. Think, I think that so. there is, it feels to me and, and, an emphasis being placed from the top of the organization down on adding offensive minds that can solve problems to the building. Yeah. I think there's a drawback to that, right? Because we just saw in Carolina, Frank Reich put together an all-star team of coaches and they couldn't coach their way out of a wet paper bag all season long, right? So well, they might some... have a wet paper bag at quarterback too, just something to consider. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. But yeah. sometimes too many voices, it's too many cooks and – there's not a clear vision. So it puts a ton of pressure on the head coach to be that unifying force and and sort of set the, the tempo and the and the course directly, right? But yep. I think the the Reese hire and the Deuce Staley hire to me are indicative of they want to jam as much offensive brain power into that building as possible and say between the talent, which I think is also on the way to getting upgraded because I think they're going to attack the offense. And the offensive staff, we are leaving no stun, stone unturned when it comes to getting the most out of Deshaun Watson. So I think I think that's what this is about. I think the timing here, the way that they've slow played this for the past nine days or so since AVP was left let go, that leads me to believe that Kellen Moore is the name that they were waiting on because I think I think it just it the timeline fits. It really does to me. All right, that's Andrew's prediction. One more thing before we stop on the coordinator stuff. On uh, 92.3 today, Albert Breer popped on, and um, he said he's watching Tim Kelly for the DOC job. So if you recall, Tim Kelly most recently with the Titans, and um, you track back to Sean Watson's best season, 
heavily involved in the Texans. I think he was the offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, or something of the like there. So that's a name. But I mean, listen, Breer also mentioned he thinks people above Stefanski push for these changes. I don't. I mean, Breer's track record on the Browns has been awful. So take that for what it's worth. He hasn't really been very connected to the organization for a while. So that's just the name he's mentioning. And I think that would make sense. I guess I guess if they hired Tim Kelly, maybe he's right. If they hired Tim Kelly, it probably does have something to do with somebody above Kevin saying, we need this for Deshaun. And that's the route we're going to go because this is the, how those two found success uh, to, to, to the best degree in their career. So I don't know. That's where I would be if they did go that route. But I have a hard time just believing that from Albert Breer because I said his track record here is the Browns isn't very good. Yeah, to me, it just feels like trying to put names together a little bit, right? Like he's knows Deshaun, et cetera, et cetera. I, a lot of Albert Beer's stuff has increasingly felt like guesswork, where his main way of putting these rumors together is to say, well, this guy knows this guy, worked with this guy. That's it's, it's more hunches than, than really sourced stuff. So I, I think the fact that he continues to say the, the thing about this stuff coming from above Stefanski is – I, I noteworthy if only because people don't tend to say that stuff, but then as I, I I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth here because at the other, the other end of it, I, I don't think the Tim Kelly stuff makes much sense. The Titans certainly weren't retaining him. I, no. I'm sure he was able to interview at the Browns as far as I know, have not requested. So. And it's not like this far along, we wouldn't have heard about it by now. So it well, that's what I'm like, saying. Yeah. yeah. They wanted to wait two weeks. I, I don't, I mean, maybe there, I suppose there's an outside chance that Tennessee said to wait and, and he's finally being granted opportunities. Maybe we'll hear on Friday, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think if you were going to get Tim Kelly done, you'd get Tim Kelly done by now. I would agree. That's the, that's the hunch I have as well. Okay. That's a podcast. We've done enough for this one. We will check back in with you guys a little later. Appreciate you being here, making this a part of your early morning adventure on Friday. Have a fantastic start to your Friday. Thanks for stopping by and making this a part of your day. Make sure to rate and review the podcast on your way out the door. You know we always appreciate that. Check out the OBR website where we have daily content going up. Scratch that Browns edge that you probably have in the first parts of the NFL offseason. So, again, thanks for being here. Be well. Go Browns. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.